thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you. We're a church of wide open arms, and we're just grateful that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. Um, it is my privilege to bring the Word of God to you here uh, today. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what the, what the scriptures say to the best of my abilities. I'm going to try to clarify it uh, as, as well as I can. And what's going to happen as a result of your interaction with the word is you're going to start to be transformed from the inside out as a result of that. That's what the scripture uh, promises us. Um, a couple of things before we get started. Last Wednesday, we had a worship night. And it was fantastic. For those of you who were here, it was great. If you weren't here... You missed it, and we're going to do another one in like three months or four months or something like that. So be sure and be here uh, for the next one. Uh, also, I want to remind you or actually tell you for the first time that we're starting a brand new series in a few weeks from now. And it's a new series that we're going to launch September 18th. On September 18th, we're, we're launching a brand new uh, message series, and we're calling it Rest. How many of you guys need to just like, oh, because we're starting up, the, we're in the, into the fall, we're starting school, like everything's starting to ramp up, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got so much to do, I don't have a lot of time, and I got to get myself into this, into this mindset of work, like I got to start working, because I got to get things done, I got to get things moving, and so I want to do the contrast. We're going to talk about rest, we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about us just resting. Everything's going to be fine. The world's not going to fall apart. You're going to be okay. Ultimately, I mean, this world is tough. There'll be hard stuff that you're going to go through. But ultimately, we can rest in the finished work of Jesus. See, now you don't have to come to, this, to the series. I already preached the whole thing. But it's going to be a great series. I'm super encouraged. In fact, uh, our staff, we're going through, through a book uh, that's talking about this whole idea of, of rest and how rest doesn't have to do with being lazy. Rest is, is knowing that you're connected to the creator of the universe and he holds you through it all. So it's that whole idea. And so that's going to start uh, on September 18th. I'm very excited about that. So if you have your Bibles, please go uh, to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, uh, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Or if you don't have a Bible, you can go uh, and look at it. Uh, not go. Stay here. Look. Just look. Just Draw your attention to the screen, First um, Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Here's what it says. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Can you say living hope? Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. That is a, that is a jam-packed group of verses right there. I want to talk about just a little bit here. The title of the message today is Living Hope. And this is the title of the study guide that you're going to be studying this week in your growth groups is Living Hope. You're going to be talking about this whole idea of living hope. And so if you're getting prepared to go to your group uh, this week, listen to the message. And the goal of the growth groups is that you're going to listen to this and you're going to be able to apply it into your group. And so 
I want to I want to I want to start with a, with a question. This is I shared this a little bit on the worship night. So if you're if you were here for the worship night, you'd be like, I already heard of that. Okay, it's just this first part. It's not the exact same message. Have you ever misplaced something? Have you ever have you ever been looking for for your glasses and your glasses are on your head? Have you ever been looking for your car keys and your car keys are in your hand? Have you ever been looking for for a pen or a pencil and it's in your ear? Yes, right. <laughs> Yes, everybody, right? So it looks pretty dumb, right? Hey, has anybody, has, have you guys seen my glasses anywhere? It's like, dude, they're on your head. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, okay. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I think that the same thing can happen with the gospel. And the things about the gospel that, that we think we have to do something more in order to grasp it, when in reality, it's already ours. We already have it. Nothing more needs to happen. Nothing more needs uh, to take place. And so, so I want us to talk a little bit about this because, because today we're going to talk about, about living hope. And the living hope that the scripture talks about here is a living hope that is actually available now. And, I, and I, I, my, my hope is that you will walk away today with, with living hope. One of our core values uh, in our church is, is hope. Hope is our flag is what we say. And, and you may think about hope, and you're like, yes, that, that, sounds, that sounds great, but, but what does that actually mean? What are we talking about when we talk about hope? What is this, this hope that you're talking about? So let's go back to, a, uh, to verse 3, and it says this. Let's, we're going to read that again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through what? The resurrection of Jesus. So living hope is available through what? The, what does it say? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so there is this living hope that is available to all of us. But there is another hope that I'm going to call sort of a counterfeit hope that I'm going to call dead hope. Which, which is hope that, that even in church can seem like we're talking about the actual living hope that Peter's talking about, but it's actually a dead hope. And so I want to I explain that here uh, a little bit. Uh, we spoke about this a little bit last week, and when we talked about trouble. Remember, we talked about trouble. And we talked about that there are three types of people. People who are coming out of trouble, people who are in trouble, or people who have trouble coming their way. Right? So we're all going to face trouble. And we talked about this whole idea, and, and most of you guys identified with that. You're like, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm either in a situation now, or something's coming, or I literally just came out of something. And you may be here this morning, and you feel like you're drowning. You feel like you're feeling hopeless. You feel like life is too heavy, like it's too hard. Maybe you have too many bills. Maybe, you, maybe you're sick right now, or you have someone in your life that is sick. Maybe you're, you're feeling so much, so much weight of pressure. Maybe you have a relationship issue. You're feeling anxiety. Maybe there is a recent death in your family, or maybe not that recent, but you just can't seem to get over it. And you think about what's going on in your life. And, and, and you may look at these things and you may look at them in a negative light. And you may think, I'm never going to get out of debt. Or, or I'm never going to get well. Or, or I'm never going to meet that person that I would like to share my life with. Or I, I, don't, I feel like I'm just never going to get over. Like this, this death in my family happened such a long time ago. And it's still there. I can't get through it. And so when we, when we look at our trials and problems and things that we're dealing with 
it is very tempting for me to, to preach to you something that will give you hope, that will sound like the gospel, but it's not the actual gospel. And here's what I mean. I could preach to you this morning and say and tell you, don't worry, with the help of Jesus, you will get out of debt. Don't worry, with the, with the help of Jesus, you, you will be healed from your illness. Don't, don't Fear not, because, because with the help of Jesus, your anxiety is going to disappear. It's going to go away. With the help of Jesus, you are going to be able to get over this death. And here's where it's tricky. Here's where it's tricky. Because, because does, does Jesus help people get out of anxiety? 100%. Does Jesus help you get healed from illnesses? Like, have you ever witnessed a healing? He does do it. Does Jesus help people recover from, from being able to find peace when someone has passed away? Yes, he absolutely does that. But I just want to make sure that we're clear that that, that is not what Peter's talking about when he's referring to living hope. He's not talking about the, the hope of the thing that Jesus will provide for you that will help you in life. That's not the living hope that, that Peter is talking about here. And I want to unpack that a little bit. Have you ever asked God for something and he just came through for you? Of course, right? Like, typical, like a parking spot. Like, oh man, there's no parking, there's no parking, there's no parking. All of a sudden, there's a parking spot. You're like, oh, all right, just up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You, you answered my prayer, right? I talked to you last week about my, my surf instructor, and we prayed for, for his son, and it was just like immediately he got the call from the hospital, and Jesus answered our prayer. That's great. So Jesus does answer prayers. He's real. Sometimes you will inquire of him, and he will come through for you. That is, that is real. And, but have you ever asked something for God? Like you asked, you've, you've prayed about something. And he hasn't come through for you? That, that is also real. It is also true. I, I've been talking to you about another situation uh, of this person from our church where her, her dad passed away. They had to make this really tough decision in the hospital. And, uh, and he passed away. We did his funeral here last, last Wednesday. Which, by the way, I'm gonna, this is a little side note. This, is probably, this was, was probably the most elaborate funeral we've ever done. It was, there was a, I'm going to explain it here just a little bit. There was a military procession at the beginning where they do the folding of the flag. Uh, he was part of a biker club, and so they were all here, and they were, you know, doing a little thing with the flags and stuff like that. Um, uh, Tony led worship. Uh, we, had a, we had a video. He was part of a band, and so the rest of his band played a couple of songs. Uh, I preached a message. Uh, we had a video. They had two restaurants come and cater, and uh, this, so it was incredibly elaborate. And then... Close to the end, we went, we went outside into the parking lot, and they had releasing of doves. They had these, these doves that they were releasing. And it was an interesting ceremony, and I don't know if you've ever been part of this, but the person that's releasing the doves, it's like 10 doves, he takes out one dove, and he says, this is kind of representing, you know, you letting go of the person who's deceased. And so he hands this dove over to, to, uh, to, to, this, to Melissa, which is the daughter of, of Chris who passed away, and she releases the dove, and the dove flies away. And the dove takes off and then stops right across the parking lot on the top of a building. And we're all looking like, we kind of laughed a little bit like, hey, you know, he doesn't want to leave. You know, he's still with us kind of a thing. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting thing. 
And then we, then he released all the rest of the doves, and all the doves kind of you know swirled around and then took off. Uh, but that dove was still there. And then we come inside into the cafe, and there's lunch for like an hour, just kind of hanging out, talking. And then we're leaving, and the dove was still there. And I talked to Melissa, and she got really emotional. She's like, "That's that's uh, that's my dad." And I'm like, "Well." That's not your dad, <laughs> right? I mean, I was just, not, just really like, nice about it. Um, but, but it was really interesting because then she gets into her car. I can't make this stuff up. She gets into her car. She drives off, and the dove flies away. I know that wasn't her dad in that bird. But what I do know is that God was telling her, even though I didn't answer your prayer, I am with you. I am with you. I know that you're going through this, and I know this is hard, and I am with you. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. This happened, this happened last Wednesday. But the reason why I bring that up is because, because sometimes, sometimes God comes through for you, and sometimes he doesn't come through for you. And I, I, was, I was meditating on this question this week. I was thinking, why does God sometimes come through for you, and why does other times he doesn't come through for you? I just think about that. And the conclusion I came to as I was thinking about it is that the reason why he does come through for you is actually the same reason why he doesn't come through for you. And the two, the two have the same purpose. And the purpose is what I am calling, listen to this, is to check the location of your hope. Where is your hope? He wants to know where your hope is so that he can redirect your hope into living hope. I'm going to try to explain what I mean by this. Um, and I'm going to share two stories from the scriptures. Uh, story number one, Jesus feeding the 5,000. We've been through this story before. He had just walked on water. He had just uh, fed the 5,000. He walked on water. And then these same group of people that had just seen this amazing miracle, they come to Jesus again. And, and their response to what they had just seen is, is this. Do you guys remember? Basically this. What else you got? Let's read it. John chapter 6, starting in verse 30. It says this. So they asked him, they, meaning the 5,000, they asked them, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? So feeding the 5,000 wasn't enough. They wanted more. What will you do? Verse 31, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So basically what they were saying is, you gave us bread in baskets. How about now you make bread fall from heaven? And his response was, absolutely not. Because, because they had missed the point completely. You see, this is the false hope that I'm talking about. This is the dead hope that I'm talking about. Jesus refused to do anything for them. Why? Because their hope wasn't located correctly. They weren't placing their, their hope in Jesus. They were placing their hope in what Jesus had to offer for them. And when you place your hope in what Jesus has to offer to you, it will never be enough, no matter what he does. Side note, which is really interesting to me, as you, as you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus interacts with people, um, Jesus would, would, would normally feel compassion for those who would ask for help. But he would never come through for those who were asking for a sign. You ever notice that? 
And the reason is that, that the former, which was asking for help, is motivated by faith. And the, the latter, which is looking for a sign, is motivated by doubt. So just that's kind of like a side note for you to think about here uh, a little bit. But Jesus always did what he did to check the location of their hope and point them to living hope. That's, that's kind of what I'm trying to share here. And the same is true for you. Whether he does what you're expecting for him to do or he's doing the exact opposite, the, the, the purpose is the same, is to, is, to, is to locate your hope and to relocate you into living hope. Jesus wanted to know um, if they were there for him or for what he brought to the table, okay? And now here's, here's a different example. This is the disciples in the storm. Remember that? Uh, Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 23, it says this. Then he got into a boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, don't miss this. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this man? You see, that's the goal. Not, not, we're saved. He calmed the storm. I wonder what else we can get him to do. No. Who is this man? Who is this man? You see, God will sometimes answer your prayers and sometimes he won't. But the reason is the same reason. He wants to, he wants to identify where your hope is and to, and to relocate it into living hope with Jesus himself. Let me give you a couple other examples here. If you pray, if, you, if, you're, if you're suffering anxiety or you're feeling bad and you're praying for God to, to heal you from the thing that you're going through, through anxiety, and you're praying about it. And then the result of your prayer is that, is that Jesus uh, eliminates the anxiety in your life. The result of what he's done in your life, your proper response to that is what? Or what, what should it be? Praise to the one, right? Praise to the one who took away my anxiety. Not, oh my gosh, he's healed me from anxiety. I wonder what's going to happen if I pray for finances. Maybe he'll come through too, right? That is dead hope. Living hope is when you put your faith in not what he provides, but in himself. Uh, we could use the, the same example, of the, the, the flip side. You know, you pray for your anxiety to go away and nothing happens. How do you respond? Do you lose hope? You'll realize where your hope is when you go through things like that. And some, so for some people, these are the moments when people's faith grow the strongest, is when you're going through the hardest times. Like he's not coming through for you. And then he's relocating your hope into Jesus and saying, he is enough. Even if nothing changes, I still have the main thing, the only thing that matters, whether it comes through or not. So he wants, a, he wants the same thing. He wants, to play, he wants you to place your hope in him. He wants me to place my hope in him. You see, there's a difference. That's the difference between living hope and dead hope. I'm going to summarize it. Dead hope is hope in what Jesus can do for you. Living hope is hope in what Jesus already did for you 2,000 years ago. So my question to you today, question to myself today is, is, is where is your hope located? 
Where is my hope located? My mom used to always um, ask me, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, great. She would ask, so she would ask the same question twice. And some of you guys know this. I've shared this before. She would ask the same question twice. She would say, hey, Josh. She'd call me Joshy. Joshy. Hey, Joshy. How are you doing? Call me Joshy, please. I, I can't believe I just said that because now it's over. It's downhill from here. She, <laughs> so she says, Joshy, how, 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 how are you doing? And I'm like, good, good, great day, you know, great friends, great day. Okay. And then she would stop and she would pause and she would look at me in the eyes and she would say, okay, now, how are you doing really? So then she would go, she would go deep. She wanted to know actually how I was doing. And so I would ask the same question of you today. Where is your hope? And you may say, yeah, my, hope's, my hope is placed in Jesus. Great answer. Okay. Where is your hope really? Where is it? Where have you placed your hope? And so here's the fear. And this is, this is maybe what you're thinking. Is I go through this as well. I need Jesus to come through for me. Otherwise, there's no hope for my marriage. If Jesus doesn't come through for me, there's no hope for my finances. If Jesus doesn't come through for me, there's no hope for my health. If Jesus doesn't come through for me, there's no hope for my anxiety. And see, some of you need for someone to come alongside of you and just tell you, listen, listen, everything is going to be okay. And this is what, this is what, what Peter is talking about here. Because you may think, what if he doesn't come through? And here's the answer. This is what I want to pray that God brings into your soul this morning. You may think, what if he doesn't come through for me? And here's the answer. He already did. Completely, in every way. It's available now. This hope is here. He finished it. It is finished. Tatelestai, remember on the cross. He finished the work. So you got the glasses on your head. Oh, it was all, it was here the whole time. This is what Peter's talking about. Um, everything's going to be all right, you know. Pastor, you don't know that. Actually, I do. What do you mean, pastor? People get sick. People die. Relationships end. People lose jobs. The economy. How can you say that everything's going to be okay? Oh, so you meant here. No. No, no, not here. Here, no. Here, you get sick. Here, people die. Here, relationships end. Here, people lose their jobs. Bad economy. The earth suffers. Yes, you're right. I misspoke. Here, not great. Okay? He's not talking about here. He's talking about there. It's the location of our hope. See, I think this is where we have trouble sometimes. Because the location of our hope is not here. We've talked about self-help before, and it's, it's very tempting sometimes to, to preach a self-help gospel, which is this whole idea of take the scriptures, take prayer, take God, take the church, take growth groups, and all these things will help you reach your goals in life. That, that's not what Peter's talking about here. That's not, that's not living hope. Self-help is the, is the desire that God will give you your best life now. And that as a result of your partnership with God, then you will reach all of your dreams. 
happiness, prosperity, health, and this is all very attractive. Um, but the problem is also if it doesn't work, it's on you. You're either not praying enough, you don't have enough faith, you have an unconfessed sin, you're probably not giving enough. It's your fault. So it's pretty genius. But the problem is that all these ideas, all these, these, these gospels that are being preached, I don't want to be critical of other churches, I just want to focus on us here, but, but, but the problem is that we could, we could also miss the plot and, 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 and preach a gospel that, that is at the wrong location and, and talk about here and how to make your, your life better. Living hope is not found here. You'll get glimpses of it. Oh, Jesus came through, that's great. Okay, don't focus on what he did, focus on the person who did it. That's living hope. Um, living hope isn't found here. I heard someone once say uh, this phrase, this, it's, it was this, it's don't unpack here. We haven't arrived yet. It's the whole idea of you going camping. It's like, why are you setting up the tent here? Like, you're getting out the sleeping bag? No, 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 we're still on our way. That's what worth is. We're just passing through. We've talked about, you know, even best scenario here, perfect life, perfect wife, perfect kids, perfect job, perfect retirement, long life. No matter how much you, you earn, your bones and my bones will end up in a box somewhere six feet under or ashes, right? And the only memory that anyone will have of you or me is maybe a dusty photo somewhere. I'm like, oh, that's Josh. I think he was like a priest or something. Like, I remember something like about, but I don't, yeah, something like that. Anyway, let's go see a movie. That's it, okay? And But we spend so much time focusing on here. But it's so attractive to place our hope in what we see. And we can seep into a gospel message. We can, we can fall into this false gospel message. And I could preach dead hope to you every Sunday. Three steps to becoming a better parent. Three steps to financial freedom. Three steps to a happy marriage. All great things, by the way, and then helpful, right? And you will probably end up being a better parent and a better financial and, a, and have a better marriage, which is great, and Jesus will help you get there. Yes, he will do it, but that's not what he came for. He didn't come to make you a better, better parent. He didn't come to give you financial freedom. He didn't come to give you a happy marriage. All good things, but not the gospel, because if you go down that road of seeking the benefits only, it will never be enough. So I'm here to tell you today that the hope we stand on is not here. And you can do nothing to earn it. Jesus did it all. He finished the work. We are to believe that good news. We talked last week about not being surprised about the trials and tribulations that come our way, that we should, that we should stand firm and we should stand the test of the problems that come into our lives and that the, the result of that, when we, when we walk through them, we'll, we'll realize that we've matured. And, that, and, the, and then James makes this promise. He says, you won't lack anything. You won't lack anything. And we talked about the thing, that's like a big promise, not lacking anything. But, but that promise of not lacking anything is realizing that everything that you need in Christ, you already have. So you don't need anything more. Um, that's living hope. And today I want to help you place your hope in the right place, in the right timeline, if you will. I was going to use an example today, but I don't think we have time for it. I'll just kind of explain it. Um, there was this pastor called Francis Chan. 
And he had a church in Simi Valley called Cornerstone Church. And he used this example. He grabbed a, he grabbed a like a tape measure, and he and he ran it all across the the stage. And he looked, you know, he put it out here, and he was talking about about life and the the, the timeline of life. And he was talking about how how this is eternity, like all of this is eternity. And then he grabbed just a little piece right here. It was like, I think it was like red, this little sliver right here. And he's like, and this is your life right here. And we spend all of our time focusing on this little sliver of time when you have eternity all over here. And we base everything here, like retirement and money and problems. And this person disliked me on, on Facebook. And like, what does it matter? What does it matter? Let me just give you a, a glimpse of... of Heaven, and I'll, I'll finish with this, Revelation chapter 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, this is verse, uh, verse 3, and I, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Brothers and sisters, that's what we have to look forward to. That's living hope. Some of you here are, are suffering unbelievably right now. You're just, you're, you're in so much pain right now. There's something in your life. We, there's this, this pastor that I knew. He passed away this, this year. He got Parkinson's disease at age 40. Uh, sorry, in his 40s. And he was bedridden for 25 years. His family, we would pray for him. We would believe that he was going to be healed. His family wanted him to be healed. Jesus never healed him. But you know what? That's not where their hope was. Um... Watching my parents age is not easy. Many of you are going through that. And we prayed for my dad. Remember last year, he had all these episodes of this problem that he was having, and he has had no more. But they're still aging. And, and my hope is that God will heal them completely. But that's not where my hope lies. We have someone in our church. Um, her name is Barbara, Ted's wife. I talk to Ted sometimes. His wife is, is in unbelievable pain. She, her whole body hurts all the time, all the time. She's in constant pain. The only time where she doesn't feel pain is when she's not moving her body. You got, many of you guys already know this. I talk to Ted sometimes, and he, he knows that it is possible that this situation won't end until God takes her home. We pray for God to heal her body, and I believe that he is fully able to do it. But you know what? That's not where their hope is placed. And maybe you're here today and you're going through something in your life right now and you're just praying and obsessing and you want God to come through. And hey, he might. And I hope that he does. But that's not living hope. You see, living hope is the, is the understanding that at the end of everything, the pain is going to go away. Everything's going to be okay. Regardless of what happens here. Because of what Jesus did for you and me on the cross, we 
are healed in every way possible on the other side of eternity. That's our hope. That's living hope. New bodies, perfect relationship with God, no more tears, no more suffering, new heaven, new earth. That's the hope that Peter's talking about. That's living hope. And I'm telling you, that is the only hope that will sustain you. So I'm going to ask if you guys could just close your eyes here for a minute, um, bow your heads. And I want to ask if there's anyone here who has never placed their hope in Jesus, if there's anyone here who has never placed their faith in Jesus, if there's, if there's anyone here, or maybe many of you, who have never just recognized that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of your sins, and you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, I want to ask you to, when I count to three, to raise your hand and put it right back down, and I'm going to pray for you. So if this is you this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Lord God, we thank you so much for these hands that were raised this morning. Thank you, God, because they have understood that there's no other hope outside of you. There's nothing. And we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, God, that we can, we can place our, our firm foundation not on things that we have to achieve in order to, to be approved by you, but we can stand on the firm foundation of what Christ did for us on that cross. Thank you because now we can have living hope. And that hope never fails. So we thank you, God, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you.